From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. Rupert Murdoch's son and the co-chair of News Corp, Lachlan Murdoch, is suing a small independent publisher in Australia over an article it published on its website. The defamation suit, filed against Cracky a couple of weeks ago, could test Australia's new public interest laws. Cracky say they want to defend it and force Lachlan Murdoch to prove his claims in court. But the stakes couldn't be higher for the media company, which stands to lose $3 million. Today, journalist and author Paddy Manning on the likely successor to News Corp's global empire versus Cracky. It's Thursday, September 8th. Paddy, Lachlan Murdoch is suing this small Australian news website, Crikey, over an article that referred to his family as unindicted co-conspirators in the January 6th storming of the Capitol, something that Murdoch's lawyers say is defamatory. But you've been speaking to the editor-in-chief of Crikey, Peter Frey, about this, haven't you? And it's not the first time that Frey and Lachlan Murdoch have crossed paths, is it? Well, just to introduce Peter Frey, he's a veteran Australian journalist, longtime Fairfax porter and editor. He was editor-in-chief of the Sydney Morning Herald, and and I worked for him, in fact. And he was also deputy editor of The Australian before he went on to become now the editor-in-chief of Crikey. But Peter Frey's first encounter was actually back in 1999 uh, with Lachlan. Somewhat silly anecdote, but nonetheless, in the 1990s, probably, I don't know, around about 96, 97, I was having dinner with my wife. He was a reporter then at the Sydney Morning Herald, and he was at Salt, a restaurant in Darlinghurst in Sydney, uh, to celebrate his uh, then wife's birthday. The couple had settled at a table when an out-of-control car crashed into a bunch of other cars and kind of somersaulted down the road. And it was so spectacular, everyone, you know, wow. Two men at the table in the front window uh, immediately rushed to pull the driver from the wreckage, and Frey recognised them. The couple in the front window jumped out of their seats and ran down and saved the driver from this sort of almost burning vehicle. And the couple I'm talking about was no other than uh, Lachlan Murdoch and Baz Luhrmann. Lachlan Murdoch, who was out in uh, Sydney in 1999, working for News Corporation at the Australian headquarters at Surrey Hills in Holt Street, and this was his first kind of stint working for his father, Rupert, uh, where he's kind of learning the ropes uh, on the print side of the business. And uh, he was a handsome man about town, at one point Australia's most eligible bachelor, but by now he was engaged to his wife, Sarah Murdoch, the supermodel, and he was out having dinner with the film director, Baz Luhrmann, who was a great friend and a near neighbour. Well, Frey, as as the young reporter, he was. And I, I grabbed my notebook and I ran out after them and said, "Wow, that's incredible, Mr. <laughs> you know, you just saved someone's life." And he was all very modest and you know, wonderful about it. And uh, Lachlan, not yet thirty, was all very modest, as Frey remembers, and he said, "Wonderful about it." And I remember filing a story which uh, portrayed Lachlan Murdoch as a hero of the night, probably in the second or third edition of the Herald that night, that day. Frey told me he thought at that point in time that Lachlan Murdoch was really cool. And then he added, 
Uh, I don't think he's so cool now, but he, I thought then that he was really cool. Okay, so it sounds like once upon a time, Peter Frey really did have some admiration for Lachlan Murdoch, but things appear to be a bit different today. The website that Peter Frey is now the editor-in-chief of recently published this article calling the Murdochs the unindicted co-conspirators in the storming of the Capitol. So two decades on from that car accident, how did Lachlan Murdoch respond to Cracky's piece? Well, at first, there's a bit of back and forth in private correspondence between Lachlan, his lawyers, and private media. So Lachlan Murdoch issues a concerns notice, and in this concerns notice, Murdoch listed the defamatory imputations, including that he had illegally conspired or knowingly entered into a criminal conspiracy with Donald Trump to overturn the 2020 presidential election, uh, to incite an armed mob to march on the Capitol or commit the offence of treason against or being a traitor to the United States. So there's an extremely serious alleged defamatory imputations. And Crikey pulled the article down and a legal to and fro ensued in which uh, Murdoch and private media tried to negotiate an apology and settle the dispute. In late July, Crikey proposed to issue a statement denying that the article was defamatory Uh, but saying there's no evidence Mr Murdoch was involved, but that, quote, Crikey does believe Mr Murdoch bears some responsibility for the events of January 6 because of the actions of Fox News, the network he leads. However, Crikey does not believe that he was actively involved in the events of that day, as the things described above would suggest. Murdoch rejected Crikey's offer and reiterated his request for an apology, and things deteriorated from there. Mm. Okay, how so? What what happened next, Paddy? On August 14th, the Herald uh, published an article in which Frey was quoted saying, Crikey and its publisher, private media, are sick of being intimidated by Lachlan Murdoch. Within days, the original article and all the legal correspondence had been posted online, along with open letter advertisements run in the Canberra Times and the New York Times, generating publicity for the dispute, along with an ongoing series of articles. And that's when the lawsuit kicked off. Lachlan Murdoch's 40-page writ, filed in Sydney on August 23rd, lays out the 14 uh, alleged defamatory imputations against the Fox Corporation chief executive contained in the Crikey article. It's set to begin before Justice Michael Whitney in the federal court with a first case management hearing on September 23rd, and the outcome could have huge implications not only for Lachlan Murdoch and Peter Frey, but also for the way that defamation law works in Australia. We'll be back in a moment. This year, the Saturday paper celebrates 10 years as Australia's leading independent newspaper. In that time, it's built a peerless reputation for quality journalism, for telling stories that are ignored elsewhere, It's the essential account of the week in politics, culture and news. When you read the Saturday paper, you don't need to read anything else. Subscribe today from just $2.10 per week. Visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash subscribe. The Saturday paper, the whole story. As a a. 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, 
summarising each of their key points with links to full articles from a range of sources. Get the news you need to your inbox every weekday morning with Post. Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. Media boss Lachlan Murdoch has launched defamation proceedings against the publishers of news website Crikey. Go ahead and sue us. That's the defiant message from a small Australian news site called Crikey over threats of a defamation lawsuit from Fox Corp CEO Co-chairman Lachlan Murdoch. Lachlan Murdoch is now suing the Australian publisher of news website Crikey over an article which named his family as an unindicted co-conspirator of the deadly US Capitol riots. So, Paddy, we've been talking about the upcoming defamation case between Lachlan Murdoch and private media, who who publishes Crikey. It's expected to all begin in court later this month. So what do we know about what's actually going to happen in that courtroom? Well, Ruby, the, the game changer here is a new provision in the defamation laws around public interest. It was introduced last year as part of national reforms, which have been legislated now. Uh, in all states except for Western Australia and also in the Northern Territory. In New South Wales, the key provision is Section 29A of the Defamation Act 2005, which provides, quote, It is a defence to the publication of defamatory matter if the defendant proves that, A, the matter concerns an issue of public interest, and B, the defendant reasonably believed that the publication of the matter was in the public interest. The question of public interest is important here. So I spoke to Associate Professor Jason Bosland, a director of the Centre for Media and Communications Law at the University of Melbourne. He told me the role a news organisation such as Fox News played in the January 6th insurrection is definitely in the public interest. But, quote, the question will be whether or not the imputation in question is relevant to that broader public interest aspect of the article. I think that's how it'll play out. That's what he said to me. Okay, so it's going to be interesting then to see how that plays out when this provision is tested because I guess we'll discover whether or not that new public interest defence is enough to protect what Crikey published. But what do we know about how Murdoch might try and argue that this article did defame him? Well, I I sat down and read the statement of claim uh, from Lachlan Murdoch, of course, and some of the language that uh, struck me as extremely significant was that it might come down to the idea of malice. If you publish something with malice, you may not be found to have published it in the public interest. And as the statement of claim itself reads, malice is inimical to the public interest. And I think that's what the Murdochs will be fighting to establish here. I spoke to Paul Svillens, a partner at defamation specialist Mark O'Brien Legal, And he pointed out that one of the factors the court will take into account is whether, quote, a reasonable attempt was made by the defendant to obtain and publish a response from the person. On that score, he says, Crikey could be in trouble. Lachlan Murdoch's correspondence with private media and the statement of claim point out that Crikey has never attempted to contact him to notify him of allegations they intend to publish, nor have they offered him the opportunity to respond, including in the article in question in which Murdoch claims the accusations against him were, quote, asserted as fact. Murdoch also claims that because private media posted the articles free outside its paywall and alongside an offer of discounted subscriptions, its, quote, primary aim was to increase their subscriptions for financial gain. No spokesperson for Murdoch would comment on the case to me. But my understanding is that in the Murdoch camp, Crikey's actions are perceived as being an abuse of free speech, and the writ says as much. 
Insiders are believed to have formed a view that private media has been trading off the Murdoch name by criticising the company so heavily. According to the statement of claim, the Murdoch name has been published on the site about 1,120 times in the past five years. And they also say that they've raised concerns on only three previous occasions. Two were resolved with an apology and one with a correction. Mm, Right, okay, so the Murdoch line of argument will likely try to establish that the allegation was published with malice or in bad faith and and for financial gain for for Cracky to get more subscribers. So what defences does Cracky have to to those lines of argument? Well, that's the big unknown at this point. So uh, we've really kind of only got one side of the story legally. Private media is yet to file its defence. It's due in late September. And Peter Frey told me he was not going to countenance the legal arguments in the media. When I spoke to him, he said he totally disagrees that Crikey has engaged in an abusive free speech. And he also disagrees that they're engaged in some sort of subscription drive. For the record, he also denies that either he or Crikey have any malice towards Lachlan Murdoch, quote, at all. Mm. Okay. And so. What is at stake here for Crikey, or I suppose more accurately for the company that owns Crikey for private media? Well, the stakes couldn't be higher, Ruby, because they're up against a billionaire. And as Malcolm Turnbull pointed out, Lachlan Murdoch owns boats that are worth more than Crikey. So private media is operating on a worst case scenario, according to Frey, uh, that it could be found liable for costs and damages of some $3 million. But we've recently seen cases where the costs in defamation have gone well above that. In the recent Ben Robert Smith case, for example, costs were estimated at $25 million, and some estimates say that it's actually more like $35 million. So Crikey now has launched a, a fighting fund and within days raised more than $450,000, including $5,000 donations from former Prime Ministers Kevin Rudd and Malcolm Turnbull. Frey denies that the case could bankrupt Crikey or its publisher. We have gone into this case with our eyes wide open. We have tapped into a wellspring of concern about the influence of Murdoch. We have, we are very responsible publishers. We are not going to put um, private media and independent media in this country uh, at risk over this but we do believe that we are fighting on a matter of very important public principle. So we are not going in this, going into this with some sort of naive, you know, oh my God, wouldn't it be great for subscriptions if we did this? That is absolute bullshit. At the end of the day, Frey said it's going to be about freedom of speech. He told me, quote, the bedrock of this is freedom of speech and we should have the right to have this robust debate. Mm. Well, the debate's going to happen in court now either way, and uh, I'm sure it's going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out. Very true, Ruby. The City of London in Andrew Hagen's latest novel is crumbling. But don't mistake this for pessimism. Instead, the author insists it's a necessary process for a better future. Change doesn't just happen because it's time for a change. Change has to be forced. We live in the end not in countries that are settled places. They're just imagined communities. I'm Michael Williams, and on this week's Read This, I sit down with Andrew O'Hagan to discuss his latest Caledonian Road. 
Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Also in the news today, Anthony Albanese has called on the coalition frontbenchers Alan Tudge and Michaelia Cash to explain the circumstances leading to their former staffer, Rochelle Miller, receiving a $650,000 payment funded by taxpayers. Tudge and Cash have denied any wrongdoing. And a new defence cooperation agreement has been signed between Australia and Timor-Leste. The agreement will allow both parties to increase defence and security cooperation in maritime operations and cooperate on humanitarian assistance and disaster relief. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.